welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. With today's message entitled, I Will See God's Goodness, we welcome Bishop Ron Lyles from Calvary Church in Fort Worth, Texas. And now, Bishop Lyles. You may be seated. God bless you. What a distinct pleasure it is to be back at CLC this morning. We need to get into scripture today, and uh, I want to share with this audience what I have on my heart and uh, in my spirit. And uh, I have chosen this morning to go to the book of Psalms. And uh, this morning, uh, I want to start with uh, a scriptural transliteration. Uh, that comes from the message version. It's not a translation of the Bible, but rather a transliteration of Scripture that places Scripture within the grasp of uh, uh, us in our common vernacular and allows us to understand a little bit more of what uh, the Scripture is really meaning. And I am inviting your attention this morning for our time in the Word to Psalm 27. Beginning with verse 1, this is what Scripture indicates. It says, light, space, zest, that's God. So with Him on my side, I am fearless and afraid of no one or nothing. When vandal hordes ride down ready to eat me alive, those bullies and toughs fall flat on their faces. Oh, I like this. When besieged, I'm calm as a baby. And when all hell breaks loose, I'm collected and cool. Anybody in the house like that attitude better than being fearful and frightened? I'm asking God for one thing, David said, and one thing only, to live with him in his house my whole life long. I'll contemplate his beauty. I'll study at his feet. That's the only quiet and secure place in a noisy world, the perfect getaway far from the buzz of traffic. God holds me head and shoulders above all who try to pull me down. And I'm headed for his place to offer anthems that will raise the roof. Already I'm singing God's songs and I'm making music to God. Listen God, I'm calling at the top of my lungs, be good to me and answer me. And when my heart whispered seek God, my whole being replied I am seeking him. Don't hide from me now. You've always been right there for me and don't turn your back on me now and don't throw me out and don't abandon me. You've always kept the door open. My father and my mother walked out and left me, but God, you took me in. Point me down your highway, God, and direct me along a well-lighted street and show my enemies whose side you're on. Don't throw me to the dogs, those liars who are out to get me, filling the air with their threats. And then this is my text. I am sure now 
that I will see God's goodness. The psalmist, after all of that, said, I am sure, I'm confident that I shall see God's goodness. Hallelujah. I will see his goodness in the exuberant earth. Stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. I say again, stay with God. And I want to talk a little bit this morning about I'll see the goodness of God. This summer has been a fantastic summer here at CLC. God has been very much alive and accessible in this house. The testimonies of uh, miraculous acts of God uh, go beyond just Austin as people begin to speak of the goodness of God that you have been privileged to witness and see for yourselves. One of the advantages of, of, of living for God for a long time, ladies and gentlemen, is that you have the advantage at some point to stop and reflect on the journey that you have taken with him. You have the advantage of looking and remembering all of the things that you have witnessed and seen on your journey with God. It was 40 years ago this year that uh, my life began to change uh, very rapidly for the better. It was that year that I was introduced to a much bigger and more diverse arena than I had ever known in uh, my individual life for I was raised as a small town kid in the mountains of western Arkansas in a town of less than 5,000 people with no buildings over two stories tall and we thought that they looked like the Empire State Building. That was the extent of my limited exposure to a thing called life and vision and as for me, that's what I thought my life would be relegated to, except 40 years ago, everything changed when I moved to Texas. The vastness of open skies and large cities, the challenges of urban life, and the beauty of nature and diversity were all a part of the expanding of my horizon as a young pastor. One of the places after I moved to Texas that I began to feel drawn to, living in Dallas-Fort Worth area, as you come south, Texas really changes in its terrain. And especially as you come toward Austin and San Antonio, you get into God's beautiful hill country. And uh, I'll just confess to this audience this morning, if I lived anywhere other than Fort Worth, it would be the Texas Hill Country. It would be around Austin. And uh, CLC would be my church, no matter how 
far I had to drive to get here. There's something, something special about this house. And so over the years, I've had the privilege of, of experiencing some things physically and, 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 and good times in the hill country of Texas. One place that I was exposed to about 20 years ago when I took up a extremely satisfying and frustrating hobby called golf was that I thought that uh, uh, really what golf was about was to find and play the most challenging and unique courses that I could locate anywhere, and one of them was found in this particular area in, in, in San Antonio. It was a place called the Quarry. And in this place called the Quarry, they have built a literal golf course below the surface, the ground surface, in an old abandoned limestone mine. And when I discovered that, I was blown away by just thinking as we played down below the surface in an old abandoned limestone mine abandoned by the Alamo Cement Company, just how much blasting and how much dynamite and how much moving of boulders and rocks occurred over that, that period of time that that was going on in order to create that great cavern in the ground. Now you've got to stay with me this morning because this is where I'm going. Let's shift. And that's what triggered in my spirit and in my mind that so many experiences in our lives and in our, our, our lives and our world are really based on what we are trying to move around and move out of our lives to create something beautiful and inviting and exceptional in our lives. And yet the fact is, ladies and gentlemen, all of us live in a real world. Let's talk about the elephant in the room in our lives for just a moment. That no matter how much we move things around to try to create the oasis, the place of beauty, the place of invitation, when we think that we have conquered certain things in our lives, we find ourselves at times dealing with the same things over and over again. And so it is that we find when we think we've conquered the addiction, we still have to say no to the addiction. When drugs have been a part of our past or when there has been that struggle with alcohol or immorality or even the, that the inability to gauge and control our speech and our tongues, we find ourselves just when we think that we have it all under control that sometimes we are human and we don't have it all together. Could I hear a good amen? Well, I've stopped by this morning to CLC to tell you that when God's power touches your life, 
God has a dynamite power and a force that is able to move those boulders and those rocks and those immovable objects that have been a part of our lives. He has the ability to move them around and to create something beautiful out of something that we have struggled with. Now you say, Pastor Ron, what are you trying to say to us this morning? I'm trying to say this, that in all of our struggles and in spite of what we have seen God do for others, you must come to the place in your life that you are willing to position yourself personally to see God's goodness in your world and in your life. May I submit that it is wonderful for God to do miracles for the person sitting next to you today. But I wonder how many would be willing for God to do something special for you today. I wonder in the euphoria of someone else seeing the blessing and the goodness of God in their life and in their family, I wonder if you could get a hold of the concept that God is no respecter of persons and if God will do it for my friend that is sitting next to me, if I will position myself correctly then God has the ability to move mountains in my life and make something beautiful out of my existence. You know, we talk about, we talk about God's ability. But let me just give you what God says about his ability. Sometimes we are not too hip on someone that brags on themselves, but I kind of feel like today that if God wants to brag on himself, someone said it's not bragging if you can do it. It's not bragging if you can pull it off. And so God starts talking about himself in Isaiah 43, and he said to Israel, I am your Lord, the Holy One, Israel's creator and king. He said, I am the Lord who opened the way through the waters and I made a dry path through the sea. And with the other hand, I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all of its chariots and with all of its horses and I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned and then God goes gangster on us. He said, and their lives were snuffed out like candle wicks. Boy, if God snuffs your life out, it'll go out like a candle wick. And then verse 18, he comes back and this is what he says of Isaiah 43. He said, but go ahead and forget about all of that because that is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. Somebody in the house needs to get ready. Because everything that God has done before 
He says, I'm serving notice in the end time. I'm about to do something new. I kind of think that that's what he's been showing around CLC this summer. Everything you've witnessed about what God's done before, forget about all that because he said, I'm about to do something new. He said, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so that my people can be refreshed. Everybody touch yourself and say, that's me. That's me. That's what's going to happen to me. And I ask you this morning this pertinent question, will you position yourself to see the goodness of the Lord come to pass? In your life and in your family. Hallelujah to God. Let me share with you a couple of personal stories, personal things that I know of that can happen in lives and hearts on both sides of the spectrum. You see, the enemy works on all of us and he wants you to live under the thought that God can do more for someone else than he can ever do for me. As long as he can keep you believing that God's goodness is for someone else instead of for you, then he's got you where he wants you. You know, there's some that I'm preaching to this morning in this first service that uh, uh, the enemy has got you so bound by those kind of thoughts of guilt and comparison that when you look around, you say, look at them. They have the perfect family. Me and my family, you know what we did this morning before church? We nearly killed each other eating donuts at home before we came to church. And now I'm looking around and, 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 and you know them, they've got the perfect family. You know, their kid catches touchdowns. My kid sits on the bench. Their kid goes to a, 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 a private college and we sell blood down at the blood bank so our kids can go to community college. Oh, I wish I could wake somebody up in your thinking today. When you feel like you can't move the boulders around in your in 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 in, in your, your your limestone crater, could I tell you that God has the ability if you will just change your thinking just a little bit? Look over at your neighbor and say, if he can do it for you, he can sure enough do it for me. If I'll position myself to see the goodness of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah to God. Don't be comparing yourself to others. He is not going to show his goodness greater to someone else and then leave you out of the equation. I just have come to preach today that I and my house will see the goodness of the Lord. In our lives, I declare it. 
Hallelujah to God. Last Saturday, Sherry and I had the wonderful privilege of being at a, uh, a housewarming for a wonderful new family in our congregation. And uh, these people are very special people, and they, uh, the, the lady told the story about how her family was forever changed. Let me share this, this, this story of God's goodness. She was raised in southeastern Oklahoma. And many, many years ago, her grandfather was a poor farmer, just a, a, a crop farmer trying to eke out a living in that, that, that thin soil of southeastern Oklahoma. And there was a 400-acre tract of land that uh, came on the market for sale. And so he inquired about it. It was an opportunity. Can I just make this point? That the way God operates, ladies and gentlemen, he opens up doors of opportunity. And you know what the difference between success and failure is? It's whether or not you position yourself to see the opportunity that God places before you. If you're convinced that I shall not be moved, I shall not look to see the goodness of the Lord around my life, then could I tell you that you will be relegated to that lime pit and your life will be blasted and will be moved by just life itself. But could I tell you that if you see the opportunities that God places before you, why not you? And she said, my grandfather, he didn't have the money to buy this 400 acres. Uh, he inquired about the cost and you know what it was on the market for? 10 cents an acre. <laughs> Somebody said, what? Long time ago, 10 cents an acre. But the, the, the thing about it was he saw an opportunity, but he didn't have the $40. But somehow he knew that if he could rake and scrape $40 together to buy that 400 acres, that that was an opportunity to change the fortune of his family. And so he found someone to loan him $40 and he bought that 400 acres. And he kept it in the family all these years. And so it was, so it was that the state of Oklahoma came along and they needed to build a water reservoir. And they said to the old man, they said, we can either take it by eminent domain or we'll pay you $1,250 an acre for it. And I don't know about you, but if I, if I pay 10 cents for it, <laughs> and got a chance to sell some Oklahoma farmland for $1,250 an acre, I'd say, where do I sign? Because God positioned me in a place of the goodness of the Lord.
You say, Pastor Ron, what are you trying to say? I'm just, I'm just asking you, are you, willing to, are you willing to open your eyes up to position yourself to the goodness of God in your life? Because I feel like that the miracles that God has, has already rained this summer, I'm, I'm here to tell you he's got one with your name on it. All he's waiting on is for you to allow yourself to seize the opportunity. It could be that on this summer Sunday, when there's many people that are scattered and, and, and are, are away from church, but on this summer Sunday, you got up and got ready and you came to the house of the Lord and you said, as for me, I'm going to position my life for my life to ever be changed by the goodness of God. Will you see the goodness of the Lord? And she said, that changed our family's life. It enabled me to go to college. It enabled me to marry the man that I married. And now we're moving into our dream home. All of those things came because a man saw an opportunity and moved himself in a position to take advantage of it. Another couple, they had a great desire to own a little Texas farm. And this gentleman was a hardworking machinist. He put in hours and hours every, every week at the machine shop. But they found a little piece of property out southwest of Fort Worth. And they scraped the money together to buy this piece of property. It was a big step for them. They still drive to church every Sunday. You'll find them at Calvary Fort Worth today. But they took a chance and they bought this little piece of property out southwest of town and then something happened. Then the gas and oil industry discovered horizontal drilling. Today, there are 10 gas wells under their little ranch. And where all of their life was just faithfully eking out an existence, they positioned themselves with an opportunity and God blessed their faith. I'm talking to somebody in this house today. You say, but Pastor Ron, I never do see very many opportunities because all I do is work. Well, could I tell you Instead of complaining about working, why don't you begin to thank God that you have a job? I can almost hear someone say, but, but, but pastor, you don't know about my kids. My kids are eating me out of house and home. Think about the couple that does not have children today to eat them out of house and home. Aren't you blessed to have your children? Somebody said, but I'm hurting today. Well, you know what my answer is? As long as I'm hurting, I'm alive. I know that I'm still alive as long as I'm hurting. You say, but pastor, that woman I married, she won't stop nagging me. To that I say, she's putting up with you. 
Come on now, somebody get with me. Oh my God, I've got a long way to go and a short time to land this thing. Some of you, your wives are really God in a skirt. I know God became flesh, but I'll just throw that in. Quit complaining. Stop, start positioning yourself to see the goodness of the Lord. Start moving yourself in a position. You know, I know our nation is in trouble. I know that we've got problems. But you know what? God raises up kingdoms and causes them to fall. Why don't we lift up our heads and start positioning ourselves to do something about it? Why don't our voice as people of faith, why don't we rise our, raise ourselves up and shake ourselves off and say, this is our nation and our land. Why don't we stop complaining about what's going on and say, as for me and my house, we will not bend or bow. God's been good to us and therefore we will not be silent. But as for us, we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land that we dwell in. Proverbs 13 and 22 is one of my favorite scriptures. And I'm very aware and cognizant that over the last several years, there's been great, a, a, a lot of abuse about prosperity preaching. I'm a preacher that really does believe that God does good things and he wants to bless his children. But I'm also realistic enough that money does not grow on trees and it does not just come into your life as so many people tell you that when they give you their address, if you'll send them a check, well, God's going to just take care of everything for you. I believe there's a balanced approach to living for God. This is what the scripture says in Proverbs 13 and 22, the wealth of the ungodly will eventually, everybody say eventually, will eventually find its way into the hands of the righteous for whom I have reserved it. Could I just tell, you, tell, tell somebody today that the key word in that verse is eventually. God has a miracle with your name on it if you don't quit, if you don't give in, if you don't give up. If you don't throw in the towel, he said all that that has been in the hands of the ungodly, it's eventually going to be transferred into the hands of the righteous. Hallelujah. And did you know that wealth is not just about money? I believe I'm speaking to somebody here today that God is going to heal your marriage and give you a great marriage. I believe that God's going to give you a sense of peace in your home and in your family. That's what I'm talking about. 
I'm talking about those things that you've longed for and desired. There's somebody here today that needs a healing in your body. Could I tell you that this is just as good a Sunday as any for you to position yourself in the place and say, I'll reach out and position myself to touch the hem of his garment today. And no matter what I have to fight through to do it, I'll just position myself to touch him. Could I tell you that it's not about just finances, it's about the whole package. And God says, I have a transfer plan that is yours. That if you will hold on and not throw in the towel and not give up, you will see the goodness of the Lord. Over the years, I have dealt with literally hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people that have come through my life and ministry. And could I tell you that I always tell people that you don't just try Jesus. Trying Jesus is not what it's all about. When you come to the Lord, you have to be willing to burn your plows, sacrifice your oxen, burn your bridges, and set your ships on fire that got you to the foot of the cross. But when you come to that place that as for you, you say with Simon Peter, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. There's no going back. That as for me, I'm going to position myself in one direction. That, that is to see the goodness of God upon my life. And when you make that commitment to him, could I tell you that you cannot keep the goodness and the blessings of God off of your life. The key is you've got to stay with it long enough. That word eventually. Recently, and I close with this, there was a world championship boxing match. How many of you in my audience saw the Meriwether Pacquiao fight? Could I see your hand? One, two, three. Some of you, some of you are so spiritual you wouldn't admit that you saw it. <laughs> A lot of height. But when they actually got to the fight, Meriwether was just kind of like a, like a surgeon, a skilled surgeon with a scaffold. And that left jab just peppered the Pac-Man. Kind of looked something like me. Not really. Just trying to position myself. Man, he just, he, he worked Pacquiao over and just, 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 just kind of, kind of cut the ex-champion up and so many of us was pulling for, for Pacquiao and, 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 and yet Meriwether, that, 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 that man that he was, he, he, he was so skilled and so fast that he, he beat Pacquiao up pretty good that night and he won the fight. And there were those that were lamenting about Pacquiao's loss because he had a messed up shoulder. Some said he shouldn't even fought. 
But could I tell you what he did the next morning? On Sunday morning, because he didn't give up, he stopped by and picked up a check for $140 million and got his mama in the car with him, and they went to church. Could I tell you today that if you've been peppered by the enemy this week and you feel like he's got that left jab working, you didn't give in and give up. I don't know whether you stopped by and picked up a check for 140 million, but you got to church. Could I tell you that you might need a miracle that is greater than monetary blessing? And in the house today, if you are willing to not give in or give up or throw in the towel, if you'll get in the presence of Almighty God, I tell you that God's goodness are available and His blessings are abundant for your life. Would you stand with me today? And let's give God some praise on this summer Sunday. Let's give God some glory in this house. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. I will see the goodness of the Lord. He said, no matter what you have seen, forget about all that because it's nothing compared to what you're going to see. There's a few more Sundays in August. And when your pastor takes this pulpit next Sunday and begins to preach, he's going to pull some corn out of the crib of experience of God's word and anointing that is going to blow some of your minds because I know where he's going I know what he's going to I know what he's going to feed this congregation and if God's done it in the first part of the summer why don't we finish strong at CLC and simply say that as for me God's goodness, God's goodness, hallelujah. Now I'll leave you with this. This is a little Lyle'sism. Ladies and gentlemen, look at your neighbor and say you'll never get ahead by constantly starting over. What the enemy wants you to think is that you've got to go back and start over. And what God says is you've just got to change your positioning. You don't have to go back and start over. You'll never get ahead starting over. 
All you got to do is change your thinking. All you got to do is reposition yourself. Say, I've been looking this direction, but I've heard the word of the Lord. I'm just going to position myself for God's goodness to reign on my life, my family. Would you take somebody's hand standing close right now? I want to pray over you. Father, there's no place I'd rather be than in this house. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.